done this before but warning we're gonna spoil it yeah we're gonna spoil (laughs) the shit out of this movie if you haven't seen it um how are you today i'm doing all right thanks how are you other than waiting my stove drama yeah well i know for a fact that your landlord listens to this show or your building superintendent so if you'd like to say something (laughs) <laughs> right now i will not cut it out i'll i'll put it in at the very beginning or at the very end after the like the more you know music <laughs> like listen here michael trevor uh, trevor was close. he's jamaican <laughs> trev no i'm not gonna try to do a jamaican accent no I almost I did but i stopped myself no and uh most of my my building is a lot it's a uh, uh, Jamaican and Trinidadian. Cool. Yeah, but you go to my super Trevor's door, and it like smells like of the sweetest ganja. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I love this building. You walk around the building, it smells like pot, like <laughs> good pot too. <laughs> nice. My my friend Adam moved into a different building, and there was a note in the elevator recently where someone was complaining about pot smoking in the hallway, but it wasn't so much about them complaining about pot smoking in the hallway as it's, it's skunk ass weed that I have to smell. (laughs) 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 And it was a critique of the quality of weed. It was hysterical. (laughs) I'm like, I love it. (laughs) I don't have that problem in my building. It all smells good, but (laughs) right. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> well, speaking of green. Anyway, yeah. We are here. Uh, I got Vanessa McHenry back. I think you're tied with Duncan and Court for most appearances on the show. Yeah, this is three. Uh, we are, let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll have to have my records department get back to me on this, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're tied. We're here to talk about a different green room. And I had to interject that just in case that's going to be our intro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is we, perfectly fine if it is. I'm an opportunist. And this is the first in our fucking Nazis series on the Psychosemantic podcast. I think this is a great one to start with, too. Well, I was excited to talk about this one with you. I have to, you had said something about Nazis, and I was trying, racking my brain. And then automatically, with your music background, I thought of this this movie. Yeah, yeah I think I think we're going to be regaling each other with quite a few stories. Well, and, and I'm not a musician, but I mean, I do have an ex that I who didn't tour around, but I helped. Like I was basically a roadie, but I did work in touring musical theater, where you know I did all, all the text as well as performed and. <laughs> adventure so i'm sure we have some similar stories about touring in that way i Um, I toured around the southeast so that's that's a bit more dangerous than traveling around in a punk band nowadays anyway that was in the and that was in the early 90s oh (laughs) even more so that was that was when uh you'll have to in your stories you'll have to tell us what what that was like because yes. i think my my first time going I, I don't think until i was 14 or 15 i went well no that i can remember my parents being the type of parents that i've described in these shows and many conversations uh we drove to california stopping in new mexico at their patch of desert land that they and some friends bought in the 70s or the 80s uh but i don't really remember yeah. that trip <laughs> Um, well and with my family with my family growing up because after I mean I'm originally from Southern California so then when we moved to Southern Alabama during the summers like trips would be as I was growing up we would drive across country from Southern Alabama to Southern California and stop in places and so I even had yeah experiences just in all these other places growing up that yeah, when you're a kid and you realize there's some scary shit and some scary people and are just shady places out there, you know. <laughs> yeah. the, something about traveling on the road. <laughs> yeah, it's there's some where I, you know, especially on longer trips, I, I, there's something about, you know, less people notice that you're not around the longer you've been gone. So you get a little bit more easily deliveranced or wrong turned or green roomed we totally didn't have to start doing the show yet but if you're ready i'm ready yes of course okay i you know i don't want anybody to feel rushed no i wasn't okay anything Uh, i felt i was making you wait because of my stove drama oh no it was uh in advance if we're going to be if we're interrupted we can we can stop where we were and uh you know pick up later i figured i I figured there's no sense of like making us wait no you know what i mean 
Yes. The consummate professional, as you are, I don't know <laughs> if I'd be able to concentrate because I just get more angry waiting for a landlord. Uh, you know, but usually my landlord would just show up and be like, I called you and talked to you yesterday and said I was coming. I was like, I don't know who the fuck you well, called, but it wasn't were... me. Anyway, we'll stop talking about my stove. <laughs> <laughs> there were no stoves in green room. No. They no. Did, did they show the kitchen? No. Uh, they He did try to escape. Uh, what's his okay. name? Was it Tiger? Or no, ti- Tiger. I think it was behind the bar. Yeah, Tiger was behind the bar, I thought. But I didn't think it was the kitchen. No. I just remember them referencing a kitchen. The only time I remember the kitchen being referenced was when... Nazi girl who I feel just... Amber. Yeah, Amber. Um, I feel conflicted about finding her attractive because she's a Nazi. Well, she said she's not a Nazi, but she's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For all intents and purposes, she is. Uh, she, when they were asking about exits, she said something about this way, that way, the kitchen maybe, but I don't know. And that's... I think that's right. why I thought that right. one room where uh, the the drummer the drummer meets his demise. The band. Which, uh, you probably know this, but they all played their music. Yes, I did. I just found that out yesterday. I thought that was really cool. I guess, what's her, uh... Well, Elias Shawcott was in The Runaways and played her own music then. Yeah. And one other person already knew how to play. Anton Yelchin. Was it Anton? Okay, so... I think uh, we read the same IMDb. Well, mine mine was on Wikipedia. Oh, they probably went to IMDb. Yeah, I'm sure if I went down into the notes. Uh, But what's, uh, so Joe Cole was Reese, the drummer. Elias Shawcott, Shawcott? Is that how you say your last? Shawcott? Shawcott. As Sam, the guitar player. We got Anton. And I've always loved her, I have to say. Maybe. Ever since Arrested Development. (laughs) Oh God! What was that cousins movie that uh, Michael Sarah was always <laughs> obsessed with? That French movie. Was it cousin cousin or something? Yeah. <laughs> they made it sound something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just love her. <laughs> That's maybe. Yeah, she's great. I I liked her. I I'll admit it. I've seen Whip It. I think. Yeah. That was a fun movie. Um, it was. I felt sort of bad for her getting bailed on by Ellen Page in there. Uh, spoiler alert. but yeah uh who of course sir patrick stewart as darcy all right let's give him some room to work folks you the owner yes ma'am he's his performance in this movie is amazing it really is chilling watching the movie again before today it's like god he's so like he would have been what a skinhead in the 60s or the 70s in this movie i mean he still was but he was probably the younger guy's ages right back then and this is the pacific northwest i i like it they always say it's bo- Oregon. yeah they say it's close to portland yeah and that always throws me off because of the main oregon portland thing and so i hope you kn- i i i um uh... I have some hate group facts for you. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad you do. Um, let's let's get into it. Kind of last minute. 
And um, one of the charities that I donate to is the Southern Poverty Law Center. And every year, you know, they keep they have a they have a whole regular blog that's called their Hate Watch, mm-hmm. and they have like a magazine that comes out multiple times a year, or you know, newspapers. And so they'll compile all these different facts. And once a year, they have their hate group map that comes out. And so I have the one for 2016. And it's interesting that the state of Oregon had 21 active hate groups then. And how it breaks down is two KKK groups two neo-Nazi groups, um, four white nationalist groups, five racist skinhead groups, one Christian identity group, zero neo-Confederate groups. No, that's not right. <laughs> that's not surprising at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was... Uh, I'll... As far as active hate groups go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they have two black separatist groups zero anti-LGBT hate groups and zero just general hate groups. But you see, most of those are the neo-Nazi skinhead. And, you know, in this, in this movie, they do say, oh, no affiliation. So they haven't gone into, I mean, they're not clan heads. We know that. You know, but we do see a, you know, a Confederate flag in the room. What did I, I wrote down that it was like, it wasn't an American history X level of Nazi decorations. You know, I kind of feel like in that movie, which I I really like, but it's just like Nazi stuff. Yeah. Here it was like a Well, and it's in black and white, so I think it's a little more in your face when you see it like that. I mean, that's... I really enjoy that movie too, but because all that, you, you know, you've got the use of the black and white, it is so, it is more in your face, mm-hmm. but it is. Yeah. I feel like the set dressers went a little wild on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here it was, you know, there was the, get it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some SS's here and there, and there was some just random racist, racist or bigoted remarks written on walls. And, right, you know, a couple of the weird symbols and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was like okay. I mean, I'm I don't know if it was because that was their their club and. Well, they... I think, I think maybe part of the difference is this is all supposed to be a business. They have we see just like the back room of a music club and bar. So it's possible you'd have multiple groups go there and not just the one led by Darcy. Unlike, I feel like the one that's shown in American History X. Oh, the barn. So much more centered around, you know, Stacey Keach's, whatever his persona. Yeah, Cameron. Cameron. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name. I, they, I love how they get people like these uh, actors to play the head. Right. Nazi. In these movies, because I think that that helps a lot. That's pretty much where the movie starts. I mean, we start with the band, the Ain't Rights, waking up in the tour van after the driver fell asleep. They're in a cornfield. And they're, yeah, they're a big 
crazy Aerosmith crazy video cursive writing beginning <laughs> in the cornfield. Have you ever had that happen on any of your trips? Um, no, never crashed. Oh, we got never falling, started falling asleep while driving the van. Yes. But <laughs> woke up. <laughs> that, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Hit, hitting the rumble strips. Yeah. I've had that happen, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to that degree. Oh, uh, we got close a couple times. The one, uh, there's one that ended very calmly with just, okay, uh, here's a rest stop. Let's crash. And another one was almost hitting the guardrails. It was one of those weird nights where everybody had to be back the next day and we were hours away from the yeah. city and yeah. it was the bad daylight savings time. And yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> the last person to wake up was the driver. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I was like, dude. When you traveled, what like what ages were you? In the band? In yeah, bands? how old were you when you were in a band that traveled? I think we, aside from, you know, shooting off for a day or two. Yeah. We started doing regional and U.S. tours and stuff like that around 21, 22 Mm-hmm. And the last one I did was the, the thousands. The from like 2000 to 2010, 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's 2000. Okay, five five years ago. Sorry, but like the sweet spot where we were always on tour and you know ditching our apartments at the end of the lease and figuring that shit out when we got back, sort of stuff was mm-hmm. yeah, like 25 or so. And what parts uh, or what areas did you travel in? Uh, You know, it started (laughs) the first tour we ever did. We drove from here in Columbus, Ohio. Now, a couple shows got canceled, but we drove from Columbus, Ohio to Manchester, New Hampshire for our first show of a tour. Uh, And we pretty much played every state except for the Dakotas. And Alaska and Hawaii. So there was a lot of like East Coast. And Canada. No, it took a while before we were all allowed to have passports. And by that point, uh, yeah. So we've been to Buffalo. was the closest to Canada uh, we've ever been as a band. And I'm just saying the band because there's one band that I was in from like 1994 until last year. Yeah. So when I say the band, that's probably it. Okay. I was just curious because I was 19. I only, it was only one summer that I did a touring theater thing, and it was just the southeastern part of the United States. Oh, man. I, I, out of, based, and we were based out of Mobile, Alabama on the Gulf Coast. So, you know, we went a lot of like Alabama, obviously Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, little Tennessee and... <laughs> Into Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana's fun. We played a show a couple days before Katrina. Oh hit. yeah, Louisiana's fun. Exactly. <laughs> Some of those other states I named are not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Georgia was the first state where I got followed around by a clerk in a store and they kept accusing me of stealing. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, my mohawk didn't go over well in some of the South. 
Um, oh, I'm sure. It's but yeah. like my color, what it, well, purple or whatever color hair it might be at that time. That when I go back and visit family down in Alabama, uh, it's it's gotten better now. It's gotten better, but between that and the nose ring, I yeah, I've always gotten a lot of looks since I started that. Probably, I don't know, sixteen, seventeen years ago. Oh, <laughs> at least wait i waited till i moved to new york to start looking like too much of a freak yes well, you know the, well there you had some room to let your freak flag fly exactly uh, <laughs> cincinnati seems to be catching up i got some friends that live down there when you were talking about the hate groups and everything like that and no neo-confederates in uh portland oregon tell, i was gonna say let me tell you about cincinnati and all of that <laughs> <laughs> please you have the floor well, um, interestingly enough, uh, Cincinnati, I, when I moved there in the mid nineties, it, you know, it was definitely much more liberal than where I lived and <laughs> lived in Alabama, <laughs> but that's not saying much. Apparently the clan is very big there. You'd be surprised at how big the clan is, but it's also got a, a sizable like neo-Nazi and skinhead Aryan nation kind of following. And the big thing in the city every year when I lived there was, so during Hanukkah, the Jewish community center or something would want to put, would put up a menorah for the eight days of, of Hanukkah on the big town square in downtown Cincinnati. Well, the Klan, <laughs> They could they couldn't be outdone. They had to get a cro a big cross out in the square nine days. <laughs> oh God! Beat out those Jews by one day. I mean, it was this big thing every year, and and everybody like the officials were all like, really? Uh, okay, we know they have the freedom of speech. They legally have that, you know. But and so they were like, they disagreed with the Klan entirely, but. At least they said they did. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how many of them really agreed. But publicly. Publicly. Publicly, they disagreed with them. But, you know, so legally, they had to let the, the clan have their cross up for the nine days. Well, it, got, it started getting where the clan started losing money, and they couldn't afford to file the permits. <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> That was what ended up happening of <laughs> the clan being defeated. They went bankrupt. <laughs> you know, tough shit on them. <laughs> that, that is actually what happened to the clan nationally and how they they started declining. Is they went bankrupt because of a case actually out of Mobile, Alabama. Is that the one that Jeff Sessions said that he personally tried and he actually yes. just let his office do it or whatever? Yeah, that was, the, that was the lynching that took place in 1981 in Mobile. Yes, they had a lynching where I grew up. Not the state that, uh, what is I, John, I was, John I was Moore? Eight years old. I, was eight, I was eight years old and I remember it. it it's kind of fucked up when you start thinking about the fact that it wasn't that long ago. God. That there was a lynching, you know. <laughs> Uh, but that was the case where the, the first case, though, this is the crazy part. That was actually the first case where the Klan was 
convicted in a hate crime. If any clan members had ever been convicted before, it was like embezzlement or something like that. Prostitution, drugs, hmm. whatever. Something it was only like, shit. yeah, it was only like in the mid 80s that they were actually convicted of a hate crime. And because of the Southern Poverty Law Center filing the civil suit, that bankrupted the clan. That's so that's why you start having the clan wane. Oh. That's why so many dickheads hate the Southern Poverty Law Center. Exactly. <laughs> I've been hearing yeah, so much then, shit it, talked about them. Like they're some mm-hmm. some weird like they're Breitbart or something. I'm like, fuck, where are you getting your news, Breitbart? Well, all of these hate groups that are out of there's so many of them. Actually, in so many suits recently, it seems, out of Oregon. Um, in fact, there this current issue that I have of where I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking what's the, the name of the gang or something. Um, but there is a huge prison gang out of like in the Portland area that's neo-Nazi that the Southern Poverty Law Center has been up against lately. You know, I mean, this is <laughs> uh. bringing, bringing it back to the movie and bringing it back to hate groups out there. <laughs> but yeah, that means Southern Poverty Law Center are the ones going after them right now. And that was, yeah, that was an, that was an interesting thing about Cincinnati, too, is the fact that there were so many neo-Nazis. And I'll mm. tell you, the only time, well, the not the only time, but the... Probably the last time I was like genuinely offended was when I lived in Cincinnati in the mid 90s. And at the time, my head, like being punk girl that I was in the mid 90s, (laughs) (laughs) you know, well, I'd walk into like bookstore in my camo cutoffs, black t shirt. My hair was dyed black then, you know. (laughs) <laughs> facial piercing and I got, my hair was kind of cut short and partly shaved and I started I was followed around the store and about the point that I was like getting ready to call security and I turned around this couple had been following me turned out and like I'm like screaming at them like what the fuck do you people want these were neo-nazis and they thought I was one of them oh because of the way I looked <laughs> oh man following me around the store trying to figure out if I might be interested in their kind of literature. I was so fucking pissed. I'm like, you are so barking up the wrong tree, asshole. (laughs) 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 Are you, you have no fucking clue. (laughs) Oh God. It, it, the, it flame, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, Heaving breaths. Yeah, I've yeah. never, I've never been mistaken for the wrong kind of skin. Well, I've never been mistaken for a skinhead. You know, we, yeah. we want to say, you know, there's the sharps, and I think skinheads started out being not racist, and then like exactly all good things, exactly. it got hijacked by assholes. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> right. No, because, I mean, look at punk in the 70s. You talk about skinheads then. You know, it was different, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there was still, I mean, there's always been racists, but. And they're always going to be assholes, unfortunately. 
And they're always going to be racist assholes, no matter <laughs> how much we reform the system. But <laughs> yeah, one of them's golfing right now and making fun of the mayor of San Juan. Uh, who's waiting out in the middle of floodwaters with a bullhorn hollering to get people. Yeah. Yeah. She's lazy. She's doing nothing. It's but that's mean, another thing. In time. <laughs> Puerto Rico's in the middle of the ocean, a big ocean. Yeah. There's water out there. A lot of ocean water. Yep. Um, this is an Island surrounded by water, big water ocean water are you crazy is that your problem anyway anywho we could go on about that for <laughs> we, we could i you know i could probably have my weekly let's bitch about trump show which probably should happen because he does so much stuff that even if i had this episode ready next he, there right. would be so many more things that's <laughs> Yeah, it, it's you don't laugh, you cry sort of giggling happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there was you were talking about Tennessee. There were some cool uh, anti-racist skinheads in Tennessee and Nashville. They used to put us up and play shows together all the time. And, um, you know, there's we, there used to be a really active ARA here, uh, anti-racist action for somebody that might not know the an anagram. Is that it? Is that what the word is? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, but like you were saying, uh, acronym. in acronym. Acronym. Sorry. <laughs> it, it's okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm only on my second cup of coffee. You know. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm on my second. But I, we used to have uh, ARA fundraising shows all the time, and there would be like two two Nazis would come and be like, bleh, 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 and then just one or two bands would come outside and they'd leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that. Although one time we were playing, um, a benefit in Providence, Rhode Island for some guy, some well-liked person in the scene died in a house fire. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know how we ended up on it. We were just on tour and we got asked, but I think there was with another band that we knew anyway. When we were loading out, there was this fight that broke out. It was at a VFW. Uh, yeah. The fight broke out between some uh, Nazi skins and some opposition people. And there was, yeah. that was my first, um, you know, broken bottles and knives when, mm -hmm. while not watching The Outsiders. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the good guys, or whatever you would say, one of the non-Nazis, uh, ran at me, and he stopped, you know, just feet away from me with, with his knife. And he just sort of gave me a nod, and I was making sure I hadn't shat my pants. And <laughs> uh, my guitar player grabbed me. We had a, a big van. We were usually only a three-piece, and we never really had a roadie. So we just had like a big van with the slide open doors and he just grabbed me from the slide open doors like the punk rock A team and yanked me in the back seat. And our <laughs> bass player <laughs> took off and uh, we went and crashed to somebody's house. But um, yeah, uh, surprisingly, Nazis stir up a lot of emotion in, in people. 
uh, when they when they show up places. But um, coming back on to the movie, um, the Ain't Rights got to Tadpole's house, and yes. he lets them know what in the morning that shit had gone sour the last time, so they had a last minute change of venue, which happens all the time. It's one of the reasons why I don't like Kentucky. I, I'm not saying people from Kentucky, but I don't like no, bars play. and places in Kentucky. <clears throat> yeah, bars and my people my shows. ex that was a musician. This is when I was in Cincinnati. Um, her band they didn't tour, but it was always Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky, and yeah, those mm. Kentucky places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, challenging. This is an island surrounded by. Water, big water, ocean water. But that's simply not possible. And I don't find this funny anymore. You know, there there's one cool spot, I think, in Lu- Louisville. Louisville. That's Louisville. How Louisville. Louisville. But no, Louisville is how I say it. But say I however. S- like the slugger. There's a place called Uncle Pleasant's that was always fun to play there. But sorry, Lexington, Kentucky. I... <laughs> Uh, Tad calls his brother, who's sort of a Nazi. Cousin. His cousin. That's yeah. his cousin. His cousin yeah. Daniel, who is sort of a Nazi, or he's a Nazi, but he's nice. I'm not really he's, sure. Uh, he's unaffiliated or something. Who knows? Yeah. De- technically he's, he's, alt-left he's or a, whatever. They say alt-left. Oh, I'm like, oh, God. Uh, or ultra. Is it ultra-left? I I don't know. But thing that does doesn't really I don't really think of when I think of skinheads. Um, yeah, exactly. But they go dip down closer to Portland for that money gig, three hundred and twenty dollars minus their tab, three fifty. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you're here. You got all the facts, and I'm just pretending like I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> So they get to that plate way out in the middle of nowhere. They make sure that you see a gate as they drive up. Um, and With then, a beware of dog sign. Yep, beware of dogs. And fuss, fuss. German Nazi shit, German Nazi shit. The dog stuff in this movie, it, it, that's that always gets me. The dogs being used as tools for evil, basically. Yeah. yeah. And having to be taken out. I hate yeah. that. Yeah, because they're just, especially those kinds of dogs. I think a lot of them, or at least a couple of the the hero dogs or whatever that they call the ones that get most of the yeah. screen time are pit bulls. And they will just do whatever you want them to do because they love you so much. And if it's yeah, be, be a asshole, they'll be an asshole. Well, and they specifically say these are fight dogs. Yeah, fight, and he had bait dogs too. Yeah, and I, you know, that to me, it's fucked up anybody that does, like, trains an animal to do that kind of thing. But, and then, yeah, it's just... But at least they're not kneeling I, during the national anthem. I know, right? You have you have uh, fighting dogs. You can get back in the NFL, <clears throat> Michael Vick. Exactly. Beat your wife. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to interject my feminist, you know, agenda in there. <laughs> 
No. Um, <laughs> I count Talk on it. Talk about the NFL. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely... Um, That'll probably still be getting talked about because it's going to be going on till the football season's over. Who knows what's going to happen at the Super Bowl? That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the
A man can dream, though. A man can dream. They get there, and there's a tiny guy that's in, like, Blue Ruin. Like, Davey. the main... Yeah. And, um... Who's the tall guy, since you've, you're very much more well-prepared than I? Clark is the guy that trains the dogs, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. And Eric Edelstein is Justin, who I saw a couple Big days... Big Justin. Ago. Big Justin. I saw him a couple yeah. days ago on uh twin peaks the return yeah yeah <laughs> very different kind of person mm-hmm. uh in those two different roles the band uh they come up with a great idea i i i think <laughs> what? i i would have done i i would have done something like this i think and my band often did things similar we never played for skinheads that we know or you know nazis or whatever that we know of, but we did like to do things that would piss people off or piss off the crowd, but not in a very bad way. Uh, I guess the most uh, innocuous thing I can think of first is there's a guy here that books uh, a Ramones tribute show every year and a Misfits or Glenn Danzig tribute show every year. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the Ramones, he's really into the Ramones He's really into Johnny Ramone. He plays guitar. And he's really into sticking to the songs, like true to the songs. And we always change them. We make them really, really slow or really fast or turn them into a ska song or something like that. Yeah. And that would kind of annoy him. I've played drums (laughs) in a a fake band with him one year for it. And he, he pulled me aside right before the show. And said, I've been letting it slide to practice, but you've been playing these songs way too fast. And you need to play it like it is on the album. So I played really, really fast. Um, and we never worked together again. And I, then- have a friend, <laughs> I have a friend who, whenever his band was in a bar and a cop would come in, they would uh, they would automatically start playing Cop Killer body, body, by Body Count. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I love that. I, I'm just, just from Nashville. <laughs> I'm like, I just love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Especially down south. Oh, that's genius. We, ne- we never had cops really coming into our shows, but our uh, go-to cover for that situation would have been We Knew Officer by Operation Ivy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would, that would be that. Oh, and we always learned two or three non-Glenn Danzig songs from the Misfits for all of his <laughs> Danzig tribute shows. Yeah. That would really piss him off. Uh, we'd start out with one. <laughs> but it's fun. And that's, I mean, that's the spirit of it. It's good-natured fun. And so they play <laughs> Nazi punks fuck off to a bunch of Nazis. I love that. I just love that. <laughs> you check it out now. I'm telling them all you're Jewish. Yeah, I know. I, lo- I just thought that was great. I don't know if I can do this. It was your idea. <laughs> and he even says, like, I've, I've got a really stupid idea. Or a really yeah, dumb exactly. idea. But, you know, honestly, even if if that situation happened, you know there would still at least be some of those Nazi punks who would appreciate that. Yes. They would appreciate it. It might piss them off some, but they would appreciate it. Yeah. 
And even the... Uh, yeah, if hmm? some fucked up, they would appreciate it. And people are spitting and throwing beer bottles, which happens. And Worm. Is that the jacked up guy from Cowcatcher? Yeah. That spits his beer at him. You see, he, he even compliments their set later. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, What's that second to last song you played? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking hard, man. Yep. That's so, yeah. what I mean. They, <laughs> some of them will still be assholes no matter what, but they can still appreciate things. It's a fucked up thing. It's, it's weird. I, I think that's one of the things that this movie did was all the characters really, they weren't flat. No, they were, they were multidimensional characters, no doubt about it humanize them somewhat rather than making them just this cardboard cutout Nazi because very easily could have been that. Oh, yeah. which as much as I like American history X, I do think there are some cardboard cutout Nazis in there. <laughs> Especially Ethan Supley or whatever his name was. The, the Seth, big Seth. Seth. Yeah, exactly. There's always a big something in, yep. in the Nazi movies. Big Seth, Big Justin. I don't know why she left her cell phone in the uh, in the green room. I guess, uh, uh, well, yeah, because I mean, even when we played uh, CBGB, I wouldn't have left any of my valuables in that band room. <laughs> you <funny>. know, <laughs> I had everything in my pockets and then. You know, I, I would carry around my drumstick bag, which has a pocket, and that's where I'd take all the shit out and put my phone and my lighter and my cigarettes in there, and I'd have it yeah. laying next to me on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I guess she needed to get that charge in case they ran out of gas and needed to... She has good cell phone reception, finding I know. Uh, Google Maps or whatever to open up in the middle of that cornfield in the beginning to find a, a skating rink. Agreed. I'm like, shit. Did you have any uh, swanky fun green rooms or was it all go change <laughs> behind that curtain? It was all the chairs go change sort of behind stuff. that curtain because it was children's theater as well. Okay. And we were so we were like the crew and the cast. And then afterwards, we would have to teach theater workshops to children. Um, and there were four of us who did this three girls and one guy. And um, it was interesting because it was it was also this play. It was a horrible play. Oh, my God. But it was a paying, it was a paying gig. That's what I was excited about. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't pay a lot. But um, it was all like Amer about American history. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so some of the places were like libraries. Some of them were community centers. Like some of them were city parks where we would have to perform. Um, there'd be times where we would have to do three performances in one day, like in multiple cities. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Where you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> At least Selma in uh, Alabama's, you know, pretty close to Montgomery. Um, <laughs> you know, we had one interesting occasion, like one genuinely interesting occasion. Um, where we had a race issue. <laughs> oh, yeah? It's not what you think, either. I'll tell you that. 
This was the summer of the L.A. riots. <laughs> oh, what, 1992? Yes. And there was a scene about Lincoln <laughs> in there. Oh. And it wasn't, it wasn't, like, didn't depict slaves, okay? It, it we just got all these comments uh, as soon as we got there because the four of us on the show were white and we were at a facility, like a park community center that was all black. And this was in Mobile actually where I grew up. Um, And so we just made the executive decision. Let's completely cut the Abraham Lincoln scene (laughs) because it's supposed to be a quick scene just with Abraham Lincoln doing basic emancipation or you know, get, I don't remember which one. I think it might have been Gettysburg Address. And there was a woman there who, like, had, like, you know, wasn't a hoop skirt, but, you know, it was a Southern woman. Okay. You know, type thing. The hat and white gloves and shit. So I was like, let's just cut that because that might be, a, you know, <laughs> that might add fuel to somebody's fire. Um, because we heard a lot of really nasty racial stuff that entire show and as we were setting up we cut we didn't even do the workshop afterwards um you know i was going to but like it was just it was really odd and uncomfortable type thing and it it was just tensions were so high and i get you know i totally me i i understood you know where it, you know, it was just like, and these were, but these were kids that were all pissed off. And I was like, you know, that says something when kids are this pissed off, yeah. you know, what, what are, how, how pissed off would it be if there were adults around? Yeah, that, that was interesting. But, you know, the only thing, like I said, where there was almost an incident, because some of the kids were, started throwing shit. Um, and you can't throw shit back at a kid, even, oh, if, you, no. even if you wanted to. How which... can I throw something at a 10-year-old as much as I'd like to? <laughs> and it was also partly just kids being kids because they were just, you know, some of them were, you know, teenagers or, and just teenagers are pissed off, yeah. you know? I wouldn't want to be there. I would want to just be doing something else. Sure, I get it. Like, we went to places where <laughs> I just didn't feel like they were going to start throwing shit at me and they weren't throwing shit at me and they weren't, you know. <laughs> yeah. How? However, some of those places, it was where I was actually scared and uncomfortable. It was because I was on tour, and that was also the summer I came out as gay. <laughs> a lot of, lot of stuff going on. A lot of high emotions. So that, um, and my girlfriend that was, was on tour... Yeah, it was kind of like, okay, more of the nervousness and like fear of, okay, we can't look like we're gonna we're holding hands or we were just holding hands a minute ago, you know. <laughs> or that kind of shit. Um and just you would hear I mean, you, Confederate flags everywhere. That's like if we're bringing this down to race and part uh, like and on tour and you know, seeing the dynamics of race just in a in a crowd that you're you're with i mean it's those i mean i partly just grew up because i grew up down south anyway i was already scared of those people (laughs) um 
And it was probably after that summer is when I really started getting involved in uh, a lot of activism. Okay. Actually, yeah, that was actually, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here trying to think. Yeah, that was 92 because that was the summer. And then that fall is actually, I um, started the College Democrats. So, um, yeah, so that is when I was I started getting involved in activism. And I just saw a lot of that scary shit going on. And I think that was really part of it for me was the fact of, for my own self and for other people, just couldn't sit by anymore. But um I don't know where I was going with all of that. <laughs> oh, we were we were just following a thread about um, green rooms and hostile crowds. Green rooms. I definitely and... never had a green room. Yeah, I never had a green room. I never had a green closet <laughs> that I could change in real quick. But that was pretty much it. But speaking of scary situations. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yes. They go after their set. Which there's that slow motion, that moment of music where you're there and it's real and all that shit that um, the band was talking about in their interview with Tad the night before about why they didn't have a big online presence. About how like the substance of their energy was the, the fleeting moment. And there's that fleeting moment. And then, oh, I left my cell phone in the green room. And Pat, yeah. Anton Yelchin, R.I.P. This was the last movie that came out before he died. Yes. He goes in there and Emily is on the floor with a knife in her head. The band Cowcatcher, which I don't know what kind of band do you think they were? Like Psychobilly <laughs> or, you know, with whenever there's the word cow in a band, I think country or rockabilly. But they looked like metal guys. Yeah, they did. And they looked a little too high strung for heroin addicts. No way without poison my body without shit. All these fucking chemicals. No fucking way. I mean, maybe they needed their their daily well, dose. Well, they might have been, been mixing in on something different at that time, but... Could have been. But that sucks. You're just trying to, trying to get your gas money. You walk in on a murder. Oops. Yep. Oops. <laughs> just, big oops. Yeah. Big, big oops. A big whoopsie doodle. That's when the shit really hits the fan. But not from, you know, the band is still just standing there. And when they try to get out, which I wonder if they would have kept running since there was still the show. Would there have yeah. been enough chaos for them to get out? But. I guess then the movie would have been over. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could have become like a, a fun, a fun following a band on the, on the road. But uh, the guys might have gone after them. It's true. I'm thinking they would have. And they probably, it, you know, it could have become Mad Max Fury Road. They had to switch gears and get stuck with the, <laughs> the Nazi that kept telling them everything's going to be okay. Just get back in that room and here's my gun that I'm showing you. Right. Justin. The shells, the bullets is the hit thing that goes in your head. It becomes like a, like the purge and straw dogs and the big bad wolf. Um, the standoff <laughs> stuck in the back room. 
you know, fucking Darcy, Patrick Stewart shows up and gets rid of the cops very deftly. Absolutely. I I completely thought the same thing. I I just, those cops just were so like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, there was a stabbing at your Nazi club. Okay. They don't seem to notice it's a Nazi club, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably an upstanding... Uh, I've, I don't know what business he had, aside from owning the the Nazi club. Well, but I mean... But it said 24-hour emergency service on the side of his truck. Yeah. So yeah, there's probably I mean, the, the same country club. The fact that he's the owner and he showed up there and he says very, you know, frankly, like, no, I wasn't. I'm the owner. I wasn't here at the time of, you know, the incident. Like, he's just very professional, calm, cool, like with them. And it totally puts them at ease. Playing catch up myself, gentlemen. He kept saying gentlemen and that, I guess, uh, that was just the common thing. Like, hey, guys or whatever. Yeah. But. Very professional with the band, professional with the cops. No, he's absolutely acts respectful in his demeanor to everyone. That's... Like, always calm, cool, collected, and professional. I'm getting Not a bit hoarse. doing, but that's the way he acts. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, his demeanor he puts out. Yeah, even... Um... Even as he's... Pl- Planning your murder. Yeah. Like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Let's, don't worry. How many times do you think he's done something like this? Covered up some fucking murder. Multiple murders. It didn't seem like much anybody's first time. No, it didn't. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) You know, even, uh, even the, the guy, Gabe, who they were making off like he was still relatively new and right everything like that and it was like you you were still passing out pamphlets while they made their bones last easter my my patrick stewart isn't very yeah. good um that's that's probably better than mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody's just like boom 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 it's like i need six hundred dollars somebody's dead it's like here you go stop stop wasting money let's yeah. not add any more names to that list yeah. Of who knows. I mean, except for you and the uh, red laces. Yep, got to have the red laces. Exactly. You know, yeah. the, he, he's he's very, he has it down pat. You know this has happened before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know it, it, something. <laughs> Maybe not to this magnitude of where I've got to make this many people disappear, but you know it's happened more than once before. Yeah. He's <laughs> had He's Something baked enough cakes. He's baked enough cakes that now he's just multiplying the recipe. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's that bloody baseball bat. Right. And Rapid so bat. everybody, and I, I'm sure there's probably different, different regulations on how you earn your red laces. Like, right. As far as I know, Gabe didn't kill anybody. Well, it's like any, it's like any kind of gang. There's yeah. some sort of initiation or whatever. Yeah. Um, so. I'm not that into, uh, you know, Nazis had, uh, you know, initiation rights to uh, to actually give a shit about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I can tell you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back back in the day, uh, I'm pretty sure from the documentaries and things I had seen, 
that to earn your red laces, you had to kill somebody. Um, not just yeah, I somebody. think that's what it is. Um, yeah, no, I think it's I think it's something like that. So there's all the get the red laces, and that scene. Oh, you know, I can see a lot of gore and stuff like that, and I'm usually not phased. I'm not, despite my tattoos, needle stuff usually gets me. You know, and there's yeah. just something about the like. There isn't a whole lot of real gore in this movie, but it's done no. so well. Like it, when uh, Anton it is, it's done selectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, when his hand all fucked up, oh yeah, it's all floppy and no, it's... ripped open and like. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And yeah, like uh like Tiger or whoever told him's like you held on longer than I fucking longer would than have. I would. Yeah. Right. Well and I watched it earlier I watched the movie earlier this week and then I watched it again today, like just kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. You don't actually see whatever it is happened to his hand. Right. It's just I didn't it's like I kinda didn't realize that until I watched it this time. <laughs> which was probably, I think, my third or fourth time seeing the movie. It's still, then you see it come back, it's like, ah! It just makes it, it's like a delayed just, that just looks so fucking painful. And it oh. makes it so much more. Two or three places. Because then you start imagining what happened. Mm-hmm. Because there was at least three or four red lace pairs of feet hiding off to the corner that uh, right. Amber saw and that that's that's when that's like the moment when the movie takes that second turn they're killing us keep the gun no, hold on no, no. 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 okay 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 Which was the her first turn in emotion because I feel like before then and even a little bit after then, her delivery was a little super deadpan, monotone. I guess she was in shock. That that's that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's when shit gets crazy yep and you see patrick stewart uh darcy smile and he's what this will all be over soon gentlemen and he sort of taps the door and walks away man uh i guess right here would be a good point to stop for a second play some promos for some rad ass shows and maybe a song or two and then get right back into the talk what do you think sounds good to me all right well we'll be after these messages we'll be right back fuck it i'm getting a beer (laughs) hey feeling down feeling low not enough podcasts about movies in your life why not try they must be destroyed on sight the new podcast cure-all 
sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and David as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on iTunes and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. And still, they just might be contagious. Get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. If you need help, see a doctor. caffeine and then you said something about beer and i'm like fuck it and then i look in the fridge oh i actually have beer what are you drinking um it is a very special limited batch from the coney island brewery oh it's called cotton candy nice what are you drinking oh i am i've been on a brew dog kick lately when i've been doing beer i am drinking the jackhammer ah uh ruthless 
IPA. I have had that. I, I like I like the punk, but <laughs> <laughs> writer, we are back. If you couldn't tell by having heard us say the words that we've been saying, um, right around this time, the band uh, thinks that they might die, and they give their real answers to Tad's question for the zine about what would be their one desert island band. And I don't know if you've had time to think about it, but just in case you have the option to to tell me first or I'll read through all the responses I got and then then you can give me yours. Go ahead and read through all the responses first. Okay, so I I was happy to have a decent amount of of responses. I was a little nervous to put it out there in case everybody ignored it. <laughs> I don't know why I would have thought that, but I did. Um, and so uh, first over on the Legion podcast page, of which we are both Legionnaires or whatever we're called. <laughs> Diseaseless Legionnaires. <laughs> Diseaseless Legionnaires. Lee Russell said, uh, assuming we get to have the whole discog, which I believe you do. But you don't get to ask Tad, because he says no caveats. He said Rolling Stones, with the Ramones coming in a close second. Misfits third. Depends on what day you ask me. Michael Winter said Sick of It All. No competition. Jamie Miskell says Clutch. Big Daddy Bo Ransdell said The Beatles. Something for every situation. Seconded by Mr. Danny Bennett. John Rhodes said Metallica. Our buddy the witch said Reverend Horton Heat, Jerry Herring, Every Time I Die, Dave Z said Fish, and then over on the Facebook group slash Psycho Semanticast, little plug it in. Please, <laughs> please come, please hang out. We got Mr. Myron Schmidt said it would have to be Rush. I figured that's what he would say. Uh, <laughs> My buddy Michael Veras, a fellow Brooklyn resident of yours, uh, first bass player I ever had, just asked if it's band or artist. Do we have access to everything they put out? And then he never, <laughs> then he never answered. <laughs> a lovely, wonderful person named Vanessa McHenry asked uh, about the questions, which we're in right now. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. How soon? You're going to be asking me the hard questions. Yep. Uh, I waited to respond because I figured I'd respond here. Okay, you will. You will be very shortly. Yes. Uh, Joseph Anthony Petruziello, uh, Petruziello, I uh, hope I said that right. Uh, uh, and it's not Petruziello, which is how my Spanish makes me f- see all double L's. Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mystique just did a cool quote. That was a cover, uh, talking about the Nazi punks fuck off. Mr. Court Psyops didn't give us an answer, but he loves this movie. My wife, Vice Abbas, said Beethoven. And then Mystique came back with, I can't decide between the Beatles or the Ramones. What would you do? Oh, and in the movie, what, the 
the bass player said Simon and Garfunkel, and Pat still doesn't know. Tiger stuck with the Misfits, and uh, Jesus, what's the Reese? I forget what he said. What do you say? Well, what did you just say? Do you said the Beatles? That's your answer. What me? Yeah. Oh no. Did you just say that? No. Oh, that... then what's your answer? Mystique. Mystique couldn't decide between the Beatles and the Ramones. Oh, but I thought you. Okay, I thought you said you too. No, no. Um, as much so as. Not... So what's your answer before I answer? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, gun to my head, like some of these people in the movie. I would first response that came to my mind was bad religion. And I think I would be good with that because they've got a long enough catalog and they, you know, I would love to say the Ramones, but I, you know, you don't need the entire Ramones discography. You just need one of their records and you kind of have all their records, no matter how much I like them. <laughs> but yeah, bad, bad religion. Okay. So my answer, <laughs> <laughs> my answer uh, would be public enemy. Ooh. With, um, with as a close second, Kathleen Hanna, like spanning her work with Bikini Kill, La Tigra, and Julie Ruin. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's so. probably what threw Mikey off. I'm not sure what uh, he would have gone with, but I know he's a big David Bowie and Tom Waits fan. So <laughs> those are the two people that I thought he might say, uh, but I'm sure he'll tell me I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, nice. yeah. Did you watch, I'm sure you did, that documentary on uh, Kathleen Hanna and Bikini Kill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Punk singer. I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, how, how can you not It's be? funny. I never got to see her with Bikini Kill, even though I was really into Riot Girl at the time. And I went to a bunch of concerts and stuff. But um, I think it was just they were never in the place that I was in at whatever. Like, timing never worked. Yeah. I mean, they weren't a long touring band yeah. and or any you know, or anything no they weren't good answer ha, ha, uh, blah, blah, blah. sorry caffeine is finally kicking in now that we're more than halfway through the show <laughs> uh but that's that's fine uh, it's still early in the day it's not like this is the last thing i'm doing i'm sure it's not not the last thing you're doing nope um so this is when the movie turns more straight up this is the best part of the movie that can be argued that it's a horror movie. I know some people say that it's not a horror movie. But it's, I, yeah. No, I understand how you could argue that it's not a horror movie. However, it is a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking realistic horror movie. Yeah. That is sometimes scarier. Exactly. I mean, as, like, as much as I like my exorcist and devil you know, possession movies and stuff like that. It's still not so much realism. Yeah, not so much. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the realer stuff, you know. It's 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 not in that echelon yet. Real life is scary sometimes. Exactly, but yeah, they uh, they're not like like a lot of uh, Nazis. Uh, bringing coming back to American History X for a minute. Uh, like when Edward Norton was in prison, he found out that they didn't all have the same stupid beliefs as he had because they were dealing drugs. 
kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about how here you have like you have the Southern Poverty Law Center and some of these other, you know, groups or different, you know, legal actions happening against a lot of these gangs or the hate groups. A lot of them have become how they are, you know, they've been bankrupted by all that stuff from the, you know, they, um, they've ended up turning so much more to drugs and dealing drugs to fund their hate-filled organizations. And that never ends well. We've all seen good things. Never ends well. What are you talking about? Just stay away from the garbage, you know what I mean? What calling? I'm not talking mean? about what you did inside. You did what you had to do. I'm talking about now. From now, here, and now. Paulie, why would I want to get into that? Don't make a I'm jerk not... out of me. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. No. <laughs> Shit's just going to go south. Yeah. And people will go to great lengths to keep the police away from their underground heroin den Nazi clubs. So it's, I mean, I think it was decided the minute they walked into the room and found uh, Emily with a knife in her head. I think it was already decided that they were going to die. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But the band and Amber, they don't realize that until yeah. they finally have broken through the floor. The band is finally broken through the floor, you know, to try to figure out how the fuck they can get out of that room safely. And when they realize there's a bunk underground bunker and they're, you know, they're distributing whatever manufacturing, whatever heroin down here trying to conceal that at the greatest you know that's why when you have the whole horse and pony show for the cops it's like no make sure the people who are stabbing each other are outside the club make sure we do all of this shit outside the club the crime scene is outside the club don't give them a reason to go inside because you'll find the secret passages there is that right one little exit loading ramp thing outside going to the outside so you start looking around there and the whole plan is kaput it's best to say oh i see nothing i was not here i did not even get up this morning (laughs) (laughs) too much german (laughs) (laughs) german is difficult (laughs) sorry I watched Vampire Lovers for Witch versus the Doomsday Clock just recently, and I always crack up at the line, German is difficult. <laughs> the, <laughs> the blonde who can't blink. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great episode, and I don't think I'd ever seen the movie before. Oh, God, you have to. It's fun. You know, Hammer Hammer vampire movies are always fun, in my opinion. You know, well, and lesbian vampire movies, too. But, you know, I have to add that. But <laughs> um, Ingrid Pitt's bosom, you know, you've got that going for it. But uh, that's a definite added bonus. But yeah. uh, it's a movie that just was yeah, begging to be <laughs> discussed in a humorous way. Last night, he and I did... Um, 1974's arena oh yeah which is probably out now if you're listening to this the one with pam greer yep okay and, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course i know my exploitation <laughs> <laughs> i you know i am very much a novice in the exploitation genre 
you know, there, there's those that we've talked about. Like, there's the Punishment Parks and the Watermelon Man and, right. you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I definitely am paying close attention because I'm the kind of guy that needs led through the exploitation genre because it's too easy for me to just be like, this is bullshit and it's only exploitative. They took out all the humor, all the message, all the politics, and it's just exploitation. Right. Fuck this movie. But there's well, others, you know. If you ever want to talk some exploitation, um, particularly with message, we can do that sometime. I think you've suggested uh, a few movies, right? Yeah. yeah. A few books. At least one book. <laughs> that was turned into a quote-unquote exploitation, but it's not. <laughs> we'll definitely hit that up. A discussion for a later date. <laughs> so the first band member to die is not the guy who had almost had his arm cut off by the Nazis. It is. No. Nope. Uh, well, you got the, unless they went into that underground punk bunker and got duct tape, everything was all better. Yeah. Tape I, that arm up. Duct tape is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Duct tape, especially for punk, punk rockers. Duct tape fixes everything. Yeah. I have um I have a friend, I have a friend who's a drummer who has only one hand and duct tape is his friend, yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> so he can drum. Hell yeah, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the singer gets his throat ripped out? Hmm. Yes, by the dog. By the dog, that uh, that's that that's some good gore, but it wasn't in your face gore. You know, it was kind of dark. The power was yeah. out. The lights were off. The gurgly blood. It's realistic gore, is what it is. It's, you know, they don't shy away from it. It's realistic gore. You know, it's not over the top either, as it could be. But, again, I think that goes back to what makes this movie a real horror movie to me, is the fact that this is shit that could really fucking happen. Shows go bad, like shit could, yeah. I mean, so many things, everything from this movie could have happened. You accidentally witness something that you shouldn't see. You're in the wrong place at the wrong fucking time with some bad people. That are good at being bad and you're not used to being around it. And you are not their kind of person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're an outsider. You're fucked, buddy. And, you know, they're even getting ready to frame you for doing something that you do do. They, I mean, they, they do siphon gas. Yeah. But not from Patrick That's Stewart. That's a victimless crime. <laughs> yeah. But it, it makes it even more believable and makes you even more nervous that they're going to get away with it. Yeah. And, you know, they start sending in waves of people after, you know, it's like a siege movie now right just like okay here's our first wave of red laces that are going in and dealing with shit meanwhile we're gonna start you know disposing you know creating the crime scene of how to dispose of the bodies and make it look like an accident or a stand your ground type fucking bullshit you know we're gonna make it look like that and i don't know about the gun laws in uh oregon yeah, I mean, I I would imagine it's relatively relatively relaxed because there there's there's some bears in them there hills I think. Oh yeah, no, there's plenty of a hunting culture that is there legitimately like, legitimate people who are not going to who not planning to go after people. There's enough I say hunters in that area of the country that the gun laws are you know maybe they're not as lax as like. Alabama, but <laughs> they're not as strict as New York. Right. You know, 
New York State has some pretty strict gun laws comparatively. Who I was mean, who was that guy that shot the kids on the subway? Bernard the, Getz. Yes. Yeah, he was I'm, from Long Island. Okay, I figured was, that probably on, played into song. Long Island Railroad, co- movie coming like leaving the city, going out to Long Island. Yeah, was, there was an essay by uh, Chuck Klosterman in that uh, I Wear the Black Hat book about real and fake mm-hmm. villains. It was, I think, an essay about Batman and vigilantism. And so there was Getz and yeah. uh, Charles Bronson stuff, and it brought it back to my memory. It's very, very vague. I, I remember it happening, but, I mean, I was didn't really latch on to that when it happened but i'm sure that that it resulted in a few more laws well i was was a little bit older than than you were when it happened in the 80s so it's probably stuck more my conscious because of that but yeah uh i mean they were still like we like we said this is not their first rodeo they're all okay we don't need the fourth body three's enough keep your here's how we do with it with the dog yeah make it look like the dog played a part uh, don't hit the bone. You're gonna yeah. dig, dig the bullets out yourself. I mean, especially because I've been. I saw the the first time I saw this was really early on, so there had, nothing had been spoiled from it. Right. I wasn't really expecting anyone to come out of this. <laughs> you don't think anybody's going to come out of it, absolutely. But you don't feel like there's a happy ending either, because no. there's there's not. That's Even very though messy. someone survives, it's still you have the whole thing of. I guess we're spoiling the movie. <laughs> I it's two years old. Um, yeah, no the the fact of. I mean, I know we're 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 still going through more pieces of the movie because, but the fact of when they realize okay they're going to be killed, you had two of the band members, who've already been killed. Where are we from here? Yeah. You know, and it starts really looking grim. And you think it's going to completely, the rest of the movie is just going to be all just downhill. Yeah, Well, off. I mean, it's downhill, but still technically someone good lives. The, but what the, have they had to do at that point? A lot of fucked up shit. A lot of fucked up shit they never thought they would have to do. Like Amber, Amber, she does end up killing a couple people in this, even before Pat does. And you, it's not like you feel like, oh, she's done it before. She's just, for her, it's easier to put aside because I think she has a partial rage still of her friend Emily just being straight up killed. And Big Justin was there. And she knows these people. She knows who the fuck she's dealing with. And she knows it's not good. Yeah. So she, that's why she's more willing to kill. That's all her little asides leading up to this is like, no, they've got guns. Like, are you fucking serious thinking that this? Is just, well, uh, and at the one point she's like, well, at least they're just going to shoot me. Because mm-hmm. she's one of them, you know, or at least they've seen her pretty much that way. Yeah. And they, they weren't going to use her in the crime scene. So... They just wanted her dead fast and out of the way. Right. No, they would be the others, though. They were totally willing to, like, throw the dogs on them and, you know, torture if necessary, whatever. 
even though they seem more interested in let's get this shit handled quick rather than I'm going to sit here and play with them. Well, I mean, a lot of them, especially uh, like uh, the one guy said, I don't know if he had a name, but the one of the last bad Nazis that got sent in uh, yeah. with the shotgun. Yeah. It was like, oh, are we going to go tell Darcy that we're afraid? Are we? Yeah. <laughs> He's like such the baby face one who looked like, you know, he just wanted somebody, anybody's approval, like at that young of an age. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of people become radicalized. <laughs> yeah, in, in different ideologies is the. He looked. He looked. He was so like wet behind the ears, and just looked so desperate to prove that he was one of the cool kids. I mean, that, it would. It whether it was with this neo-Nazi bunch of assholes or what, I don't think in a way it mattered to him. He no. just wanted to belong. Yep, like, uh... He seemed so, yeah, so young and just, like, I just wanted people to think I'm cool. I feel like that there's a lot, well, uh, never mind. I was about ready to make a statement that I didn't have much else to back up with other than, <laughs> uh, the higher learning movie. But the, I want to, <laughs> I want to be liked, I'm a dork. Okay, the Nazis like me. For what, so, yeah, I gotta be part of their, their group. And maybe he's someone who started out going to the club because, oh, I like this kind of music. Oh, hey, I could be part of their group if I did A, B, and C. You know, maybe that's how he got roped into the whole thing. He just, you know, that's an easy thing to happen to some people. They're handing out shoelaces and bomber jackets. Um, I'm going to have a uniform, so I'm going to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's the selling point, in other words, of the neo-Nazi. It's cold up there. They need those bomber jackets. Agreed. Uh, You know, maybe if they didn't become skinheads and shave their head, they'd... Maybe they wouldn't be as cold. Yes, agreed. So yeah, we're down to Amber and Pat. Pat finishes his... Yeah, because um, Sam... Elias Shawcott gets chewed up by one of the dogs. Yeah. Which, yeah. Just, again, anytime they're getting killed by the dogs, I'm so upset. It's like, fuck, yeah. Why do people animals to do that kind of shit? And she shoots the dog before it gets to her. But it's buckshot, so it's slow. Yeah. Luckily... Uh, Clark has some sort of painkillers or something like that. No, that was nice of him to give. He really, really loved those dogs. I, I know. I, I don't know if it's that just them playing off the whole, well, even Hitler loved his dogs or what. But I mean, I, I was starting to wonder how much he loved those dogs. He's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't you mean, know. So, like, Franco movie loves like, <laughs> yeah. Those are usually German Shepherds, I think, but <laughs> at least the ones I've seen. Yeah, there, there's just <laughs> something. And maybe he's just dead. He, yeah, but he's really loved the. Or if he died with meat in his teeth, I'd consider it a personal favor. It's like, it's, it's this whole book of honor. Like, he has this whole structure of. No, these are how, 
they have this whole unspoken rule book in a way of no, this is the honor of you're dying in battle kind of thing. I guess. Yeah. A lot of Norse, uh, hijacked Norse, uh, traditions, um, for the, the Aryan nation. Right. Exactly. So I guess this is probably the beginning of act three. Uh, I, I've I've never really been good at splitting movies into acts. I just like to watch the movie. Well, it also is. Do you want to split it into three acts or five acts? Um, <laughs> the theater. I, the theater was my majors. You know. <laughs> I yeah. You see both. Um, but you're right. It really is more act three if you're going to go just the three act play. Um, once Sam is killed and it's just, you know, it's just Pat and Amber against, you know, the fucking Nazis. The way she slices up Big Justin. Can I just, can we go back to that for a minute? Yeah. Oh my God. She just, she's like, fuck you. Like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, like a. She's pissed, but she doesn't come across as just like, ah! you know, like crazy out of control as she could. You can tell she's angry, <laughs> but it's still held together and contained. Yeah, it was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm doing this. I, I'm gonna just keep going. Uh, yep. Nuts to neck, or whatever, yeah. whatever yeah, they yeah. would say. And yeah, again, just that little. You see the skin splitting open and peel it. You know, it's. I think it's all pretty realistic gore. And they don't hold back, but they don't go over the top, which, again, I, I, I've said that. I know I've already said that, but I appreciate that a lot about this movie. And that is part of why I think this is such a horror movie, because it is so much more realistic. You know, that and then when you see these people chewed by the dogs, like, hell yeah, that's the kind of shit you'd see, you know. And at the point, once they get the final couple guys down in you know in the final act of the you know the movie where they're down to Gabe washing up everything upstairs you know he can't hear because he's you know got the power washer or whatever going and the two flunkies Mm -hmm. but you send the two newer guys to take care of these last two people I mean it just seems like at this point you know, it's a little sloppy. But her, yeah, with the box sneaking out of the couch. I, I love that when they decide, fuck this. We are going to, after he has his whole antidote about, after Pat has his antidote about paintball and how they dealt with it uh, against this, these two real life Marines or whatever they were. And how just they did better when they stopped freaking out so much about it. You know, and they got creative with it. You know, but her coming out of the couch, sneaking up behind that one guy, it's the best fucking <laughs> thing. I'm like, oh my God, this just, she's just so ready. And you, you totally don't expect it at all. And that's not what I pictured. I think they showed part of that scene in the trailer. The, like, distance is blurry and you see her butt yeah. walking yeah. up. Totally not what I was expecting that part of the movie to be when I got to it. Yeah. From what it showed in the trailer. But yeah, she just gets the guy with the neck beard. So good. 
Ugh. Turning the tables on the Nazis and Pat's in the drug drug den, banging, with, banging the machete. Young, young guy, which, again, it, it kind of goes against what Patrick Stewart was saying, Darcy was saying, of red laces are the only ones who should know. That that newbie guy isn't a red lace yet. He seemed way too inexperienced. Yeah, I don't. To, to do that. I don't remember them. They I, did show I, a lot of people's I boots. One of his own rules. I think he violated one of his own rules bringing that guy into that situation at that point. He's probably panicking, scrambling because what they're they've already got dead bodies cooling off, and a couple times he said like this was supposed to have already happened. So. Right. Right. Exactly. But he did actually go against one of his own rules. He put out there. Well. So yeah, maybe he is panicking and he's just doesn't want to let let on to all these people yeah i'm panicking he's just like we're just gonna fucking deal with it so they take out everybody that's left well the other guy that's left that we haven't talked about uh, the young guy yeah a struggle and what they're they're climbing out and you're there's the oh fuck moment where gabe is standing there i know what what does he say i don't want to go to jail yeah. Not I don't want to die. I don't want to go to jail. Again, with the rounded characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't just, we're Nazis, we're bad, we're going to kill everybody. It's like, this is... Or these people are pitted on, you know, are like in vengeance mode at this point, you know, and on survival mode at this point. The fact that, you know, there's the decision of we're not going to kill Gabe could have easily just offed him too right then and there. And the fact that at the very end, he ends up stumbling out of the field or whatever and says, we're going to need the cops. Yeah. To other people. The fact that he does that, I mean, I, that is surprising. It was surprising, actually, to me. The fact that he would be the one to voluntarily say, we need the cops. Yeah. He didn't just walk up into the sunset and like act like oh you know totally ignorant like what happened i don't know <laughs> you know he could have very easily done that yeah and maybe maybe amber could have a side movie prequel origin story maybe she's <laughs> a badass lady because what she told him if you i hate her haircut but yeah she yeah. is a badass lady she's like if you fuck us over or if you don't do this i'll find you and then yeah. they let him go yeah and either his, I mean, sometimes, and I, I've known a couple people that were getting into getting ready to go down the path to becoming hateful, racist, fucking skinheads and stuff like that. You know, you meet a lot of people in the punk scene. And sometimes I, they didn't go that far. But if you see the ugly under the rock side can be enough to turn you away. Right. And I don't know if he knew, I mean, because they said he'd been hanging around them for about a year. Right. Um, so maybe, and he didn't have his red laces yet, so maybe he had no blood on his hands yet. And then it's just, oh shit. Okay, this is the moment. Well, and, and in this too, he didn't actually kill anyone. He just earned the red laces by helping clean up this big shit incident, you know? So he still was relatively not a complete innocent but comparatively he was yeah still still culpable but uh absolutely he wasn't without hope 
maybe he taught uh, anti-hate classes in prison or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That's where they split and he did that. And um, Amber and Pat go to, it looked like that was Darcy's house. That's I'm what a... I was guessing. Yes. You know, it seemed like Darcy's house. It was really nice. So I don't think it was Clark's house. I picture Clark living in a trailer with a yeah. bunch of dog cages. Um, or or in a pretty shitty, you know, small house. Yeah. some Somewhere with property. But, but with a bunch of dog cages. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere with property and, you know, you can train dogs and stuff like that there. He, he's not an apartment person, I don't think. No, no. Um, but yeah, that definitely looked like Darcy's house and... It had a garden. I don't see Clark having a garden. No, no. And they get the drop on him, and it's I, it's beautiful when uh, Clark just talks one too many times, and Amber's just like, "Bam!" And Pat's like, "So we're doing that?" <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, what'd you think yeah. we were doing?" <laughs> and he's still, he's still in the back of his head. I'm sure he knew he was gonna fuck some shit up. Or he wanted to in the back of his head. But he's still, uh, a certain amount of him is that optimist. A certain amount of him is naive enough that he would think, I don't know, maybe we could work it out or reason and I could get them arrested or something. Right. He still has a bit of his innocence. Exactly. Exactly. But it was all for naught. Exactly. Everybody wants... cops are being called. I don't know if you can hear the cops <laughs> in my background here. I can a little bit, but okay. no worries. <laughs> They're not being called on me. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the cop? You're waiting for the cops, sir. They've come and gone. <laughs> That's what concerns us, man. I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and, you know, Clark's dog being a dog. All the shit that he got put through crawls yeah next to him and so they can die together i know i like that though oh yeah there's a cute dog i'm gonna go pet my dog in a little bit when this is over um, yeah even though even though he he shot the dog full of whatever and the dog was gonna be dying pretty shortly anyway you know and but i do kind of love that the dog comes wandering back home like do 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 and then, like, sees his owner there dead and, like, just walks up to him and, like, lays down beside him, like, puts his head on him and is like, okay, I'm here with you. I'm here to make it better. Like, the dog's still being a good fucking dog. But yeah, the fucking dog, man. And then, uh, what? I'm not sure. I guess Patrick Stewart's just like, well, I'm going to walk away. Well, there's... it gave him the opportunity to start to pull out the gun that he had. That one right in the forehead. Just the pop. And right. And he shoots his own truck, further ruining his crime scene. Although I... Exactly. I hope that Amber and Pat don't end up in prison at the end of this. Yeah, you have you do have to wonder how it would actually play out. Yeah. You know, like, and you do hope that they would not end up behind bars. I mean, how friendly... Even though most likely they would be if they, if they were stayed there they would at least be on probation or something or maybe behind bars for a year but Mm. or three years or something something and you know especially if uh how friendly the cops were with darcy 
It could be extra right. shitty. Right. It all depends. It, it partly depends on Gabe, too. Because what does Gabe tell them? I mean, that's the one good thing about letting him kind of walk off. Yeah. And then, and then he then he's the one who calls the cops. That They have that going for, for them. That's true. Somewhere, somewhere there's Gabe hanging out at the orchard yeah. being like, fuck. So he could probably help, you know, do one of those plea deals. Although there's nobody else to send to jail. Although what, may, Big Justin, I guess. No, he's he's dead. Did they kill Big Justin? Amber, when she sliced him, oh, I would do it. Um, the, other, him. the other guy, sorry. When they were showing all the band OD'd and there was the one guy sitting there eating cereal. Whoever that was. Yeah, I know. I That's true. Uh, so yeah, not Big Justin. And but... not, Worm was the one who OD'd. Yeah, Worm definitely he, OD'd. Because he's the one who killed Emily to begin with. That the selfish act in my bar. I really need to work on my Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I'm. It's still, again, better than mine. I'm, I'm afraid if I tried, it would come out sounding like Sean Connery. Adds a whole different dimension. Yes. Um, so I, something I wanted to ask you. Have you read the book called White Riot? Punk Rock and the Politics of Race? Sounds like I need to. I'm, uh, a, I'm a fan of the... I haven't read it myself. I bought it, I don't know how many years ago, but it's been sitting on my, my shelf. And I need to crack it open. But I was curious if you'd read it. No, like, um, I hadn't. Um, but no, I'm going to have to check out that book. Uh, yeah, I, I, was looking, I was looking on my, my bookshelf the other day and I realized I had it and I haven't cracked it open. Um... It's a series of essays um, edited by a couple different people, but the foreword of it was done by James Spooner, who directed the documentary Afropunk. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a really good documentary. I actually saw a showing of it at CBGB's, um, and they had a concert like to benefit it, like this... Be- well, I not be- obviously before CBGB's closed. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> I'm still so upset about that closing. Yeah. Uh, now it's like a coachier store. Ugh. Fuck that shit. But it's a, and then they have the Afropunk Festival. It's, well, it started here in New York and they would do it in Brooklyn like every summer. But now it's like in a, multiple cities around the world, which they book primarily um, black metal and punk bands uh, at that, which I've seen some really amazing groups there. Uh, I've, I don't know. I've always been, and I under, I understand the creation of a festival like Afropunk and the fact of you haven't traditionally seen a lot of people of color represented on mm-hmm. um, the punk um, and metal scene. Um, but then on the flip side, these skinhead Aryan nation, white supremacy punk groups or, you know, metal groups that are out there. I, I know. I just don't get white supremacy. <laughs> the hell you say. Maybe that's part of my problem. <laughs> I don't think it's a problem, but I guess someone could say it was a problem. <laughs> I don't know. I just, 
it's always fascinated me in the fact that you have this element of, I guess, you don't see white supremacy pop music. <laughs> you know, you don't see white supremacy rap. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm sure it's out there, but <laughs> I don't know. It's it's interesting to me that you do see a certain movement of the the white supremacy community, the alt-right or whatever that goes for punk, you know, hardcore metal music. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out why specifically that genre of music. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like why, why white supremacy latched on to like punk hardcore and metal and stuff and not other kinds. Yeah. There are racists out there that like all different genres of music. I mean, unfortunately we know they're out there. Uh, and some unironically like music that contradicts the things that they espouse. But I think that because, you know, punk and hardcore and metal is often the music of the misfit. And there's different things that people can latch on to to feel a sense of community. And that can go different ways. So it makes it makes sense to me. Well, it doesn't make sense to me, but I understand the path that goes to somebody feeling like an outsider ostracized angry about stuff i think it's the anger maybe yeah. anything more than anything else yeah you know and they're they're harnessed by the the dark side of the force and they become <laughs> nazi punks and i i think you know it starts out small and you just get further and further and further in and then it's it's all normal to you and you're surrounded I by people that it's all normal too and then what are you going to do? You're in an abusive relationship with yourself or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, it's, you're, I mean, you're right. There's a certain, there's the element of the outsider being attracted to that type of music, but I don't know. Is it the anger that I, much of that can come and, and, can accompany much of that kind of music. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, maybe. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, mm. it's just something I thought I, I, I would ask. You know, like I said, I, part of why I wanted to talk about this movie with you is I thought it'd be enjoyable considering your uh, musical background. Yeah, I hope I didn't disappoint anybody. I, I, I had a good time uh, talking about this, for sure. I mean, I always have a good time when I talk to you, but I think this was a really, really good call on your part and a really good call by me in knowing that I should just do what you say and it'll be okay. <laughs> well, I could tell that, turn that into a whole thing of, well, of course I'm a woman. I know <laughs> that's not true. There's some pretty stupid women out there too. Um, you know, there's yeah, that's another show. That's another show. Entirely. <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes women can be stupid, just as stupid as men. Yes. Um, <laughs> but sometimes we are smarter. Yes. No, I, uh, like I said, I just thought it'd be a good conversation to have. And the fucking Nazis, like the resurgence of them, like this is not something I thought I would see in my lifetime. Completely did not see it. And 
for about five years when I lived in Cincinnati, I worked for a Jewish community center and it was not an uncommon thing for us to get bomb threats, death threats, hate, that kind of thing. And you free and because I was in charge of the entire like mail room for the company, I was like office manager or whatever. Um, and I, I would, anything that was like a general, like, a, you know, addressed any mail that came in that was addressed to the JCC as a general note, I'd have to open. Um, and, and that was fun because, you know, you had to, I had to go through a whole, whole training on the spot, suspicious mail packages and yada, yada, yada. And I was still working there. That's right, actually, before I left there, when there was that whole anthrax scare going on. <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> and I had to open mysterious bits of mail. Yeah, uh, that that was interesting. Oh, but gosh. to read some of these letters, these death threats that would come in, just uh, this thing. Okay, <laughs> this is something on a personal level. This is the only way I can say I'm a Nazi. I'm a grammar Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> um, this can can these people that are haters, like total bigots, can they learn to spell? Can they learn punctuation? Can they learn to write a complete sentence? Um, I could respect you so much more if you did. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. Some of the shit that they would say, and you're just an asshole. Uh, you're a white supremacist asshole and you have no creativity and you can't fucking spell uh, or write a complete sentence. Um, I I don't know. I I see, I just remember seeing all the kinds of shit that I had to read and deal with then. And then you hear like right now when it's the Jewish high holidays and you have parts of this country that are inviting people and like the way that their congregations are holding services practically in secret because they've gotten so many anti-Semitic threats, um, maybe not specific from maybe not from a specific neo-Nazi or skinhead group or Confederate group, but they've been getting these death threats, so many death threats and violence committed towards them. Um, I'm glad I'm not working in that kind of organization right now. I really am. And it's even happening in New York City, which is supposed to be so liberal and progressive <laughs> and all these different things. We're still having this anti-Semitic hate crime shit going on, too. I can't even imagine living in a place like Texas or even Ohio, where I used to be. I mean, there's uh, some township uh, somewhere in Ohio that is putting a statue back because the town it's it's one of those townships of like 10,000 people yeah or something like that they're putting a statue back jesus christ i don't fucking whatever uh fuck them uh i just never thought i'd see any of this shit in my lifetime i mean i thought things were supposed to be getting better uh, i obviously am stupid and naive I wanted to believe people were like halfway decent. (laughs) Obviously I was wrong. (laughs) We'll, we'll see if the pendulum swings the other way. Here's, here's hoping much love to everybody that is working in those high stress, high risk spots. 
and not letting the fascists keep you down. You were so much more eloquent. I feel like if I tried to add anything on there, it's going to sound more like a bumbling sidekick than I usually do. But um, before we do our our, uh, wrap up and goodbye and everything, I really think you need to tell everybody that doesn't know yet where we can find more of you. Uh, more of me. Well, I'm a podcast whore these days. No. <laughs> Doing the circuit. You're making the rounds. I, I'm kidding. I've, yeah, I, I throw myself out there. But my regular show is the VD Clinic podcast, which I do recommend when you search it, you add the word podcast at the end. <laughs> um, narrows things down a little bit. But um, we are part of the Legion Network, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, I do that show with David Andrews Jr. And uh, you have been a guest on there before. I have been. Great Um, time. Yes, that was some fun, satanic fun that we had then. Uh, And I know we've talked about you coming on in the future. Uh, Funny enough to talk about some fascist shit. Yeah, coming 2018, I believe. Yes, exactly. Um, But so VD Clinic, uh, we are on twitter at vd clinic pod and our email is vd clinic pod at gmail.com our facebook group is vd clinic podcast uh again yeah when you search throw podcast in at the end <laughs> it should narrow <laughs> the search down yeah. otherwise little, yeah otherwise you get some very interesting results but and we release shows monthly, do a movie and a book each month. Uh, although I think our holiday show, we're just going to do a movie to, you know, give us a little bit of a break. But uh, still going to be reading something else, though, for our <laughs> side project. But Always doing stuff. Always doing stuff. I too. was happy that uh, the first time you were on here, you announced the coming of the VD Clinic podcast. Or maybe mine was one of the two shows that on which you did that. I think it was I think on here a... in Cinema PsyOps. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember which one came out first. <laughs> I'll find but out. I think, I think actually when I was on your on your show, I didn't mention the name yet. Nope. Because we hadn't decided completely on it. Awesome. Uh, do you have any uh, last words for the Nazis or anything like that before, <laughs> before um, we... the Nazi punks can just fuck off. Uh, Nazis in general can just fuck off. And I'd love that, that photo of like a sign from the women's March back in January, where it says I came here to knit hats and punch Nazis and I'm all out of yarn. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me being crazy knitter lady. I kind of love that. But, um, Actually, I, I do want to give a last plug for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, if anybody's, actually, I've recommended if anybody's driving through the country or planning to move um, and you're interested, it's worth going to their website and the Hate Watch map uh, to see where where the groups are. Uh, pretty good detail. And their Hate Watch blog that they have on there. They regularly update about their cases uh, and different things and um, their surveillance, quote unquote, surveillance of uh, of the different hate groups in the country. Yeah, it's really easy to navigate through their website. Yeah, yeah. They're a great resource. I'm so glad we found the time to get talk about this. This is coming out in October 
And, uh, you know, I tried to do something for Pride Month. I'm definitely going to get something going on for Black History Month next time. But October is scary month. And I'm going to try to do just horror movies in October <laughs> that still have a message in them and stuff like that. And this this was, this covered everything. So until next time, thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, everybody out there. Uh, try to take care of each other. If you can, don't let them get you to the second location. Duck and cover. And um, Nazi punks, fuck off. Overproduced by Martin Hannett, take four. Sie 